This, this, this is, 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 Welcome to podcast number 327. We are the Fight Disciples and this is dedicated to the world of boxing. Last week we were extremely late and yes, you complained. Yep, I took it. We took it all on the chin because we were in the sky for a little bit too long. However, we've decided before we get back in the sky and come home to give you an episode early. That's right. Sometimes we can go long, sometimes we're premature. That's just the way it is. Consistency is not our key. Um, If you've only just come across us, you can get us on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Uh, and you can also uh, get us on our website, fightdisciples.com, if you need an Android feed. Our social media feeds are at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Little thank you to the Guide of Liverpool. Last week we were thanking Men's Health Magazine, weren't we, for sticking us into the top 35 podcasts that you should be listening to right now in the world of sport. Uh, and the lovely people uh, who do the Guide, which is... Um, well, it's a guide to the city, really, yeah. is what it is. Um, and they've made a feature this week of the top 13 Liverpool-based podcasts. I say Liverpool-based podcasts. We haven't been in Liverpool for about six six months with the amount of <laughs> flying and various destinations that we go to. But our studio is normally based in Liverpool. Uh, and they've took uh, they've stuck us right in at number one. Yeah. And there's a lot of talent actually coming out of Liverpool. The Anfield rap and the like of those guy, type of guys. So for us to be right at the top of the tree, we fully appreciate it. So thank you very Respect. much. Respect. Real, real recognises real. That's what it is. Well, basically, I think it's your mate that writes it, isn't it? It's you just know? the works that... <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? You've got to look it's after no, your own. Let's not fuck about here. You've got to look after your own, mate. Um, we're doing this show from uh, our hotel suite uh, in Your Las hotel suite. Let's make it clear. We haven't shared a hotel. In fact, we've been fucking spoiled last two weeks. Son. It's changed now. In the, words of, uh, in the words of Conor McGregor, baby, we did it. Yeah, this, is, this is the red panic party. Once upon a time when we used to come to fights, literally six months ago, we'd be sleeping on each other's hotel floor and all that type of stuff because... Uh, um, we weren't being looked at. If this was our money, that's what would be happening at this moment in Absolutely time. Absolutely, but would. we've been looked after this week, so uh, hopefully we're not going to go backwards. Nope. Hopefully, I can't. no. They've got. It. Listen, if anybody's this private suite with a jacuzzi and a yes. sofa and a dining table in for every right. time I travel now. If uh, Talk Sport and BT Sport and anybody else that ships us out to these events to cover these events is listening, this is the high life, man. We've now got standards. Absolutely. We've become high maintenance. We've changed. We have changed. This big is time. it. This is it. I'm having a pedicure after this podcast. It's free. It's free. It's free. Well, I'm getting one then. That's it. Oh, hopefully there's an happy finish on it as well, yeah. mate. You know what I mean? Proper job. What's the toes one? Pedicure. Oh, right. What's the fingers one? Manicure. I'm getting them both. Are you? Yeah. Anything okay. else that you want doing? If it's free, I'll have a back crack and sack. <laughs> Throw it in there. Um, we're recording this uh, on Sunday in Las Vegas. Sunday morning in Las Vegas. Obviously, last night, Tyson Fury came through an awful amount of adversity to get the job done. And I've just been flicking through social media because the majority of people in the UK have had a little bit longer to digest this than us because they've been up all day. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of negativity and a lot of positivity. It seems to be a 50-50 split. I come away from that fight last night with more admiration for the Gypsy King. Yeah. And the reason for it is because the shit hit the fan. Tom Schwartz, it, it, it couldn't have gone better, Tom Schwartz. He comes out dressed as Apollo Creed. He goes in the ring, smashes the kid to pieces in two, two rounds. Schwartz was a cat, cat caught in the headlight. Absolutely. Just stood there and let Tyson we're blow all, him away. We're all in Hakkasan nightclub and Tyson's getting the air in by 10 o'clock of an evening. That was that. Absolutely tremendous. A very different story against yeah. Otto Wallen. First of all, Otto Wallen came to win. Yeah. He... From the very first bell, he thought, right, fuck it. I'm just going to have a do here. And he tried his very best. Even though he lost a lot of rounds, he tried his very best to put it on Tyson. And in that third round, he clipped him with that left hook, didn't he? Yeah. 
opened up one of the worst cuts I've ever personally ever personally seen. I've never been at a fight with such a worst cut that hasn't been stopped, let's be straight. And Tyson Fury then changed the rhythm of the fight because he realised how much trouble he was in. And not trouble from a boxing point of view, but trouble from a cut point of view where the referee can go, hey, our lads, yep. we're out of here. Yep. Yeah, we're going to call this now. Let's call time on it. And rather than stand on that back foot and pot shot and box and, you know, dance around the ring, he thought to himself, fuck it, we've got to go back to the caravan sites here. We've got to march this kid down, get on his chest, fight on the inside and have a war. We've got to have a scrap. We all knew that Tyson Fury can box. Every one of us that listening to this, if we're really, really honest with ourselves, he's the best boxing heavyweight on the planet. We now know he can fight. Yeah, I didn't think that there's any reason to believe he couldn't fight. He's never been in that situation, though. We haven't seen that before. Where it... No, but he's been, in, he's been in fights where you've seen him take it into the trenches because he's wanted to. He's t- he give people a hard time. And, you know, I, I didn't believe for a second. And, and, and that's not what you're saying. But I don't think anyone believed for a second he wouldn't fight. But it was just... This moment reminded me so much. Last night, at one point... And it was end of the fifth or something like that when you thought, oh, and I turned to you to say something. But as I turned, you went to me, he's fucking in trouble here. He could get stopped. Yeah, well, I said, he's going to lose this because it was he's at that point lose. Yeah, when yeah. they were checking the cut. And the I referee went, was getting the, the doctor to check the cut and you could see on the jumbo screen, you could got your fucking four fingers into that cut. And it was early in the fight as yeah. well. And at the time, when the f- shot first happened, because the cut opened up so quickly and so wide, and Tyson's not a, not a bleeder far from it, it was like, oh shit, that was a headbutt. And I put on our Twitter account because I was banging out a little end of round synopsis, head clash, blah, blah, blah. And it was only when we seen the replay a little bit later, it was clear that you know it was just a little choppy left hand on the inside. So had it got stopped, obviously, he'd, he'd have lost by TKO. You know, he'd have lost by stoppage. So, um, But what, I'm, what it reminded me of, and even while it was playing out in a fight, I thought, this is, this is the beauty of heavyweight boxing. This is just fight sports in general. This is why we fucking love it. That's why it's the best, best sport and entertainment on the planet is fight sports because the best laid plans can go fucking out the window so easily in one single moment. And as good as Otto Wallen had started the fight, listen, like he did with Schwartz, I think Tyson, give him the first round because he's like, come on then, son, let's see what you've got. And then he switches, starts switching stances in the second and starts bringing him into Tyson Fury's world. But that shot in the left that opened the cut, that put Tyson in a situation where he's never been before, where the cut that bad. He's in a fight that he should be winning easily. He's in a fight that, you know, all the cards are stacked against him. Now, if we're thinking it ringside, you better believe he's thinking it inside the ring. Oh, shit, Deontay Wilder's now out the window. Oh, shit, my American adventure is going to come to an abrupt end. Oh, shit, this is not what Top Rank wants and Bob Arum and Frank Warren. This is not the plan. We've got a three, four, five plan, and this is not it. It does not start with me losing here and having to rematch Otto Warren. That knocks us back six months. All this is going on in his mind, you better believe it. Because all week he's been sitting and t- chatting to everyone, and he was explaining, saying, I've got a four, five plan. Warren, done. Wilder, two. Wilder three, and then hopefully the winner of AJ versus Ruiz. That's my four fight plan. Clear. And suddenly, in the, by the end of round three, goes back to his corner. They're the trying to get this cut under control, and all that's gone out the window. Absolutely gone out of the window. Mm. But to react the way he did, that's the difference. And this is the difference between the things that you have said on many, many times on this podcast about fighters becoming athletes, athletes becoming fighters. Yeah. Last night, you saw a fighter, and he just went, into autopilot. Yep. He's been doing that since he was a kid. On the caravan sites, he's a trained fighter. Don't get me wrong, he's a wonderful boxer and he's, he's learned that craft over years and years and years and years of doing his thing in the gym. 
But that was just street fighting is what he did. And he went in there and he was able to do it because it's natural to him. Yeah. It's, it's not a learnt behaviour. Yeah. It's just where he's at. It's, it's not like with a lot of athletes, like the rest of humanity, fight or flight. In your, in your heart, flight. You have to train yourself to fight. But Tyson Fury, because he's a fighter man, in his heart, it's fight. He doesn't think of, it doesn't even enter his mind to get out the back door. Now, the point I want to make is, it remind, sitting watching that reminded me of AJ versus Ruiz. Exactly the same situation. In fact, it, I think, was, the, was it the same round? Did Ruiz catch AJ in the third round with the temple shot? Yeah, I think, I think it was the third, third round that it all went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So AJ gets caught by Ruiz in the third round, gets his head scrambled, he's all over the place, his equilibrium's gone, whatever you want to say, he's got a bit of concussion, whatever it is, it's a fucking fight. These things happen. Tyson Fury doesn't get that, but he does get a terrible cut. So he's now... He can't see. He can't see. Throughout the fight, that was the thing, from the fourth round onwards, he's shaking his head, trying to get the blood out of his eyes. He was dabbing away at that right eye constantly, and I think that was part of the reason why referee Tony Weeks kept taking him to the... Co- that was funny as well. When Tony Weeks come and sat by us, I've never seen you starstruck before. Mate. Can't believe you got starstruck about to- a referee. Yeah, it's because he's a character on The Simpsons. <laughs> that's what he kept saying. <laughs> Tony that's, Weeks, t- that's Tony Weeks off The Simpsons. Off The Simpsons. <laughs> so funny. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about that then. So he gets... AJ gets hit by Ruiz. His brain gets scrambled. His now inner soul is tested. I don't want to be here. Yeah, it's, that's exactly. It's I tested. don't want to be here. It asks you a question. He's going back to the corner. He's saying to Rob McCracken, what's happening? Where am I? Why do I feel like this? What should I do? What's he going to do? Panic, panic, panic has set in by now. And I've been on record before after the fight and I'll say it again. Ultimately, AJ quit. He didn't want to be in there with Ruiz. He wanted to get the fuck out of there because this was not where he wanted to be. He's not trained for it. It's not in him. He is an athlete, not a fighter. Fast forward to last night. Crisis for Tyson Fury. What the fuck is going on? He digs deep and he's like, what, he, what was that? Because I, I missed it. You said there was a replay on BT Sport. What did he actually yeah, say yeah, to yeah. the corner? So I've been flicking through social media this morning and they put up loads of little clips of BT and there's a clip in there where Ben's obviously giving him the instructions. Very calm. Ben was, at, and we'll come on to that in a minute with John Fury's comments. Yeah. But Ben... Post w- cut us this. Yeah, so yeah. The cuts, in, yeah, yeah, the cuts, yeah. Okay. Oh, the cuts flowing, mate, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's he's saying, calm down, everything okay, right, this is, this, is, this is what you need to do. And as Ben's dishing out instructions, Tyson at the top of his voice just yells out, I live for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? That's right. he's, he's full of, cl- there's claret everywhere, his eyes hanging off, and he's absolutely in his element. There you go. And that's the difference. That is the difference between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Tyson Fury lives for this shit. That was not the script. That was not what was supposed to have happened last night. Mm. That is not what anybody at ringside expected. Frank Warren, his sons, the whole team, Bob Arum, his whole team, everyone there had a little tight sphincter. It was pumping away for about eight rounds in there because, oh shit, this is not what we've invested in. This is not the journey we're supposed and to be And especially when it gets to the 12th and he gets clipped again. And you well, think, you know, what? Because by the end of the 11th, they're like, cool man it's not going to get stopped now it's fine he's only got three minutes to go we're well ahead on the car everybody everyone, let's everyone go to the bar. let's all pat each other on the back again and go woohoo what a night with the gypsy king and then otto lands that left hook which pure, obviously tyson doesn't see that he shit can't coming because he can't fucking see out the right eye but otto lands that left hook and for a second there tyson is a is a mess he's a wobbling all over the place he's back into the ropes but at no point does he look to the corner at no point does he look panic he just, he just digs his toes in and starts swinging away. Because even I was like, come on, Tyson, just hold him, man. You've won hold the fight. Him. Hold him. You've won the fight. Hold him. Did he hold him? Did he? Fuck. He's like, come on, then. Let's go. 
brilliant. I, for me, I get why people are being negative because, listen, this is the best heavyweight on the planet. No one expected that shit. No. But appreciate the fact that in heavyweight fighting, especially in heavyweight boxing, anything can happen and you've got to be prepared for it. But for me, when crisis, when the shit hit the fan, Tyson Fury stood up to it and got overcome it. That's the difference. I think people who are being negative are basically just looking Tyson Fury versus Otto Wallen went the distance. Yeah. That's what they're looking at. They're not looking at the story of the fight. Listen, if, if, if we were just looking at Tyson Fury versus Otto Wallen, we made a prediction as we were coming into this off last week's show, and I'm thinking we're going to get another Tony Schwartz. Tom Schwartz. You kept calling him Tony all week on national radio, and everybody's looking at me going, who the fuck's Tony Schwartz? I said, it's him taking the piss, and he, he, he stopped checking himself. He stopped calling him by the proper name now, and you've now rechristened him Tony Schwartz. I think when I was interviewing Joe Parker, I actually you went, did? you know, the performance against Tony Schwartz, and I, I, I can see Joe Parker's, yeah. Joe Parker's eyebrows like raises it to go, who the fuck is he talking who's, about? Who's Tony Schwartz? <laughs> <laughs> Met the geezer up. We need to start doing that. Seeing as that we do this show, you've got to remember when you're doing a, a, a talk sport or a BT sports show. That's what yeah. you need to do. But yeah, you're right. We all expected another Tom Schwartz performance. He comes out. Listen, we predicted the ring walk. I told you there's going to be a mariachi band. I told yeah. you there's going to be a sombrero and a poncho and probably somebody eating a fajita as he's coming down to the ring. He gets in there and he's going to blow the kid away. That's what we were all expecting. That's what you were probably expecting at home. However, gets to the third round and he gets... That massive nasty cut, it changes the narrative all of a sudden. It asks you a different question. Brilliance. It added to it, to be fair, because it was, with all due respect, the first two rounds were a little bit, is it going to, are we going to get something? But if you remember the Tom Schwartz fight, the first round were crap. It was only because then he switched stance and started sticking it on him in the second round and broke his nose. Schwartz shit himself. Exactly. We didn't get that in the second round. And I'm thinking, all right, okay, maybe Otto Allen's a little bit better than Tom Schwartz. It might go four, five, six, and then the cut happens. Yeah. And even though you you look at it from a boxing point of view, and it's not the it's not the nicest fight to watch as a as a as a boxing expo, uh, exhibition, but what it is, it gets you on the edge of your seat thinking. Oh, at any moment, is he going to survive stop? this? Yeah. yeah, because like you say, you're ringside and you're watching it, you're thinking, fucking hell, like, they, you know, man off the Simpson should be pulling this. Absolutely, and I think you know what I think if that's the Wilder fight, it probably does get stopped because there's nothing wrong with part three of Fury versus Wilder, and you know. It got stops on it. It gets yeah. stopped on a technicality on a cut. Um, if anything, there's a lot of positive to come out of this, right? Because he is now injured. He's not fighting again this year. You're not going to see him again this year now because six, there was loads six of talks just for the eyes. Yeah, to recover. through promote. I mean, we've spent a lot of time with Frank this yeah. week, and we'll get onto some of the fucking most ridiculous stories that we've uh, been in, been involved with this week. But we spent a lot of time with Frank, and he said we might do something around December back at, at home for the English fans. And then obviously we're uh, looking to be doing something. Yeah, that's what we're looking to be doing, right? Now, there ain't cutting else chance of that because no. that is nasty. That's six months out, that cut. Yeah, definitely. Which kind of affects the Wilder fight as well. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see Feb 22nd Wilder. No. I think we're probably more looking around April, May time is when we're looking. So when were they talking about Wilder versus Ortiz? When was that? Pev November. So I think that now will probably get pushed back to December. Bearing in mind that he doesn't have to fight again in February. Um, so I think Ortiz because I didn't think Ortiz was actually going to happen Tyson said that this week yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. he said he won't fight Ortiz it's too much money on the table for our Feb 22nd fight but Tyson versus Wilder now as you say probably April or May yeah so it well he's Mexican sense. now Cinco de Mayo weekend <laughs> it would make sense for um, for if Wilder is going to go ahead with Ortiz for that fight to happen in December absolutely but yeah Tyson's going to be out for Minimum six months with those cuts. 
because they were they were that big and like last night instead of the doctor at ringside, you ended up having two because there was one on the under of the lid that's as well. What I mean. So instead of the doctor at ringside doing it backstage, they actually farmed them off to the hospital purely probably because they'll get a shit a surgeon to do it. They'll get like a, a plastic surgeon or whoever's the best person around to to stitch it. Let's just hope it doesn't need stitching on the inside as well because it yeah. was wide. And just because of the position of it, they were basically stacked on top of each other. Not an easy place to get stitched up. You know, it's it's still pretty much first thing in the morning here now. Uh, and we haven't, haven't had an update yet from any of the media teams at Top Rank or, or the Frank Warren's office exactly what went on last night. But hopefully we'll find out shortly. But I'd be very surprised, as you say, that we, uh, we see Tyson until probably second quarter of 2020. Mm. For me, I take positives away from it. I come away quite happy that we ended up getting something like that God because yeah. a, a different question was asked yeah. and Tyson Fury 100% comes through it. Um, just a couple of little notes on lads on the undercard. Navaretti, we've been speaking about him since he beat Isaac Dogby on two separate occasions. Great to see him up close and personal. Thought first round, this was going to become a bit of a tasty fight and yeah. then second round, Navaretti just went, right, here we go, sunshine. We're going to have it. Everything you're going to throw at me, I'm going to throw at you back even harder. And the he was brilliant. The Filipino kid was a good kid and he was well followed as well. And, uh, you know, they both had identical records. They were both 28 and 1. But both the defeats came very early in their careers, you know, and um, and we're quite. I think Navaretti's one's quite contested, but we've seen Navaretti. Obviously, didn't he go the distance with Isaac twice, or did Isaac get pulled in the twelfth? Yeah, he got pulled out in the second fight. The first fight went the distance. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. But he, got, he pulled out deep, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The 12th oh, round. yeah, but he battered him. Yeah, yeah. But it just shows what a great chin Isaac's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. fuck me, Navaretti laced that, uh, lit that Filipino kid up last night, and. Uh, when the finish come, you know me, I'll leave guys in there to the bitter end, especially in world title fights. But when the finish come, uh, I was more than happy the referee finished it because Navaretti, when he went through the gears, the, the, the Filipino kid just couldn't live with him at all. Mm. And you know what? That Navaretti is a big dude as well. He's yeah, he a is. massive super bantam. He's a real genuine uh, player, upper featherweight. And I think someone like him, could be with everybody else fucking off the Valdezes and the Santa Cruzes, and obviously we'll talk about Shakur Stevenson in a second. But this kid moving up to featherweight could be a big defining fight for Josh Warrington. That fight he's looking for. Mm-hmm. This is a kid who's now obviously solidified his reign absolutely as champion at super bantamweight. Moving up to featherweight, he's still going to be a big gangly fucker, and he can still got those big long arms with which he whips them in. Man, he doesn't half generate some power, so. I think we could see this kid fight Josh Warrington down the line. Mm. Uh, Zapita put on a great performance as well, didn't he, against Jose Pedraza? Well, I genuinely thought, that, having watched both of them a lot recently, it was 50-50. I've, I've seen loads of positives from Pedraza. Probably edged it towards Pedraza with his boxing technique. I, I thought Pedraza, yeah. If you'd, if you'd have said to me, put your $10 somewhere, I'd have put it on Pedraza. But Zapita absolutely... He was took, sensational. Took him, not, he outboxed him and outbullied him as, yeah. uh, as well. Fantastic Mate, performance. And that's not easy because we've seen Pedraza against Stephen Smith. Yeah, what great. he can do all cylinders. Fucking very dangerous man. And then we've seen him pushing Lomachenko. Yeah. Like, potentially. We did see Tank give him a good hiding though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But I thought his performance against Lomachenko, we were like, oh shit, that's how you beat Lomachenko. There's yeah. a bit of a blueprint there. He couldn't quite get it over the line. But he's winning rounds against Lomachenko. This guy's the real deal. So that's why I fancied them against Zapida, but... Again, two guys with pretty much identical records, but Zapida, mate, I thought he was sensational. Yeah, he was. Just before we leave, obviously, everything that happened in uh, Las Vegas fight-wise, we'll tell you a lot of stories in a moment, too. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, John Fury's comments, because I think he was working for 
BT. I think he was in the studio last night. All oh, right, okay. Uh, and he was uh, well. He was very. Ha- he was extremely critical of uh, Ben Davidson and the whole team around him. He said that Tyson Fury, that's the worst he's ever seen his son box. He's very, wow. very lucky to come out of uh, that situation. And he says the whole team needs sacking. Jesus, that were his words, and I was, I was gobsmacked at that. Mm. To be fair, don't get me wrong. Listen, it's not the best Tyson Fury boxing performance. No. It just isn't. But. As we've just been saying two minutes ago, he showed a different thing that you need to show at world championship level. And to throw Ben Davidson under the bus, I think, is extremely unfair, really. Not only is has he done wonders for Tyson away from boxing. Yeah. But you've, I mean, you commented on it this week. you That's the first time you've actually sat down with Ben and had a proper yeah. conversation with him. And you first c- time I've one on one. I, I remember you coming over to me straight away and you went, do you know something? What a top lad, him. He has he has developed so much over the two years as a boxing trainer and as a guy that understands boxing. I I I just think it's extremely weird as to why John's done that because I think Ben's doing a great job. Yeah, when the, obviously it's, it was crisis moment, wasn't it? It was like, oh shit, if things couldn't be going any worse here, what happens next? And like the cut man managing to keep him in the fight, full stops, yeah, done yeah. an amazing job. And if you watch the ring, uh, the, the corner work. Ben's really calm. Yeah, he's not a mess. And you need that right at that moment. You just need, all right, take a breath, mate. Don't worry about the cut. He's sorting that out. Here yeah. we go. This, this is, is what, what I need do. you to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, really, really bizarre comments. Um, interesting where that's coming from. Mm. It's not the first time Ben's been thrown over under the bus as well because Freddie Roach tried to do it too. But I haven't been around Ben this week, I think. For a guy who's so young who's been thrown into the spotlight the way he has. Don't forget, listen, on this podcast two years ago when he first come through and cornered Billy Joe, we Yeah, like, we were giving it Who's him. this fucking Only Way is Essex kid who's been thrown in the corner? You know, Foxy, no one's ever heard of him. And I was speaking to him about that this week. I was like, what's your journey into boxing? Like, And he was talking about football coaching and whatever else. and Fitness and all that, Fitness yeah. and nutrition. He's done like that kind of stuff. And then he got this opportunity with Billy Joe and he's run with it. And he's like, I'm like, well, hey, you've, you've gone from... The very bottom to the very top very quickly, but he takes it all in his stride. And you can clearly see he's a boxing man. You know, you can clearly see that. Just chatting to him about boxing, he knows the game inside and out and super exciting career for himself moving forward. But I'm surprised, man. I'm surprised. He's been, As you say, he's been thrown under the bus in that manner because the shit did it, the fan. Mm. And Tyson come through it. What more do you want? There was part, there was From round six to round 11, there's no argument. Tyson was fucking... Pissing those rounds, poor Otto had just run out of ideas and couldn't handle the, the ring smarts of the Gypsy King. Mm. Weird. Mm. Um, your boy on Friday night, mate, did the business, didn't he? Old Devin Haney. Well, he the, is the best lightweight the best on lightweight the planet. Talent on the planet. Listen, he's good. There's no question about that. And it Fuck pa- off. It pains me every single time when I watch him, I think. Mm. He's brilliant. He is very, very good. He's brilliant. I don't think he beats Lomachenko. I don't think anyone beats Lomachenko, but I think he's the biggest test out there for Lomachenko. He gives my boy a, a run, but I don't think he's ever going to get to fight my my lad unless Tiafimo meets him in a different weight category because we've got a situation now where Lomachenko <clears throat> is probably going to fight the winner of Tiafimo and uh, Richard, Richard Klos- Uh Yeah, exactly. That's a tough fight. That's you, a 50 Do you know something? G- if, given on the, if we're going off last performances, Richard, Richard Comey could. wins it. Yeah, I agree. Which is horrible for me to say because you know how much I love Tiafimo. Devin was brilliant against Abdullayev. It was absolutely sensational. Yeah. Um, and if off the back of 
the uh, world title unification for the undisputed championship ne- sometime next year. If Lomachenko's still knocking about at 135 pounds, it's a wonderful fight. It's an amazing fight, and it's a you know the, the only problem with Devon is it's, it's hard to make because he's signed with Matchroom. He's with Eddie here, and he's tied into. Did the you draw. see Eddie giving it the big in this week about offering Lomachenko yeah. uh, the right money? He's yeah. not being paid what he's worth. We'll offer him the right money. The zone will offer him the proper dollar. Exactly. Crazy. Go back to all the conversations around Lomachenko and Bob Arum. No, it's never it's never been about money with Lomachenko. It's never been about money. It's about beca- being the greatest of all time. Mm. So you'll never you're never going to suck Lomachenko into that kind of chat. The only thing Eddie's got going for him is that he's got the ear of Lomachenko's management team because he's got Usyk signed to his his brand. What Eddie's got to do is pay Usyk double the money that Lomachenko was getting, and that's how you get Lomachenko. Because when their kid's getting twice as much money as you and you're the fucking biggest star, mm. that's how you get Lomachenko. So don't be surprised if Usyk is on absolutely bonkers money when he fights Tyrone Spong for no other reason that they're trying to turn Lomachenko's head. That's the only way they're going to get him. But I, I think ultimately Devin Haney, I think, is going to miss out on the Lomachenko roadshow just purely for political yeah. reasons. But I think it's a shame because I think Devin Haney, other than Lomachenko, I think he beats Rich- Richard Comey. He's just too good a boxer. You think He's Devin Haney slick. beats Richard Comey? I think he beats Richard Comey. I think he. <sighs> I think he... Richard Comey punches like a mule, mate. I think he schools Tiafimo Lopez. You're being silly now. You're being silly. There's no schooling. It's a 50-50 fight. Ryan, it isn't. And Ryan Garcia... Oh, you're being daft now. Ryan Garcia wouldn't go four rounds with Devin Haney. Speaking of Ryan Garcia, he didn't get to go four didn't get to go four rounds at the weekend, did he? Did old Ryan Garcia. He weighs in. He's ready to rock and roll. Meanwhile, he's, uh, <laughs> his opponent, Every Sparrow, is off to the nick. Yeah, he didn't even What a weird story that is. So, Sparrow... What I've read is, so Sparrow takes the fight, okay, against Ryan Garcia. Then it comes to light at Golden Boy find out on the Tuesday that there is a warrant out for his arrest from the Philadelphia Police Department for Sparrow. Was it Philly or was it Cali? I thought it was California. No, it's Philadelphia, Philadelphia. where he's from. All right, okay. So there's a warrant out for his arrest based on a... Uh, domestic a domestic yeah. charge where apparently he was waving a gun about when the police got there he thought he fucked off now he didn't have any home address this happened in April but he's got no permanent home address so they had nowhere to send the warrant to to say you better show up in court son so anyway he's he's floating around he's training in LA whatever they know he's turned up for the fight so Golden Boy and his management team proactively ring Philadelphia Police Department and say listen we know there's a warrant out for his arrest he's getting 55 grand to fight Ryan Garcia this weekend. So what we'll do is let him fight. We will put him on a flight back to Philadelphia. He will come and hand himself in Monday morning. And if he doesn't do that, he is not getting paid. We will hold on to his $55,000 purse. And only when you go, yeah, he's handed himself in, he's in court tomorrow, whatever, then we'll pay him his money. And apparently the Philadelphia Police Department went sound. Okay, that works for us. Yeah. But no one told the Sheriff's Department. Now, the Sheriff's Department is the police force in America that can cross state lines. So apparently when he was out on the morning of the weigh-in, he thinks, his management said, you're sound, you're sorted, don't worry. No one's going to stop the fight. There's a deal in place. So he fucks off to Target on the morning of the weigh-in, uh, which is just like, well, weights or boots or whatever. And as he's coming out, the fucking Sheriff's Department are waiting for him, arrest him, take him off. Mm. No one's told the Sheriff's Department. Well... Yeah. Meanwhile, a couple of hours later, Ryan Garcia's on the scales going, where is he? Where the fuck is he? No, he's been he arrested, mate. He's in the nick. He's in the nick. The thing is, right, yeah, I can understand all that, 
but why are fighters above the law? If he's done something fucking wrong, exactly. Why is he get? Why is he allowed to then go and make fifty five? I wouldn't be allowed to. If I'd done something wrong, I'd say, hang on a minute, I've, I've got to go to work, mate. I've got a decent payday this weekend. Can I go and do that? And then you, we'll do this on Monday. No, mate, I'm doing you now. Yeah, exactly. That just won't happen in real life. Why didn't you hand yourself in between April when it happened and now? Because you must have known that they were after you. They were after you. But obviously, because Floyd Mayweather got away with it once in Las Vegas, because he swerved the jail term because he was going to make a hundred million for this fine city that we're in, I think boxing just thinks that they can be above the yeah. law. So I'm kind of. But the story then develops even further because Ryan Garcia is offered another fight. We do know. Yeah, yeah. Turns it down. Says yeah. no, no, no. I ain't trained for him. I'm not doing it. And I'm, and we're led to believe that he's turned it down because he's he's made a comment saying that that kid's too hot. You know, at this stage, without training for him, it's too hard for him to do. Duno gets in the ring, smokes his opponent, gets a t-shirt on and goes, Ryan Garcia, you're next. It's amazing. The whole thing is brilliant. It's like, it's like WWE, mate, is what it is. Exactly. To be honest, I heard there was an internal phone call there, though, and a bit of cross wires. Apparently, Ryan Garcia ran Golden Boy's office and said, have you got a replacement opponent for me? And someone went, don't know. And he went, well, if you get someone, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Hey. That's why you're here, son. Hey. That's why they call you the talent. <laughs> Drop in the big ones. <laughs> um, Mungia got a, a fantastic win at the weekend. He had his opponent down at least three occasions, stopped him in the fourth. Um, the only thing is, though, I don't think he's going to be sticking around at 154 pounds. This could be actually good for Liam Smith. Liam Smith, yeah, yeah. So he's not. We don't think he's going to stick around at 154. We think he's going to go up to 160. Will he be a player there? I don't think his defence is good enough. He's wide open. He's a kid. Don't get me wrong, he can hit a bit. Yeah. But he's wide open. Um, and I think the elite level middleweights, the likes of his pal Canelo, will uh, will take him to pieces. Um, but that then will leave a vacant belt. The WBO. Uh, Super well junior middle or whatever they call it over here that'll be available and uh, Liam Smith obviously former champion there I think he was gunning for a rematch with Mungia at some point wasn't he he will be there or thereabouts if he uh, if he wants to get in that mix yeah I think well that was the whole reason why he came over and fought in Mexico wasn't it just to keep his name in the frame just to make sure he was at the top of the list for that vacant belt shot mm. um, I think it's a good thing because I'll be honest with you I didn't think there was any way Liam Smith was ever going to get a rematch with Mungia just because if you're team Mungia you're looking upwards and onwards as regardless of what the guy behind you who you've already beat has put on his resume since. Mm. Unless you stumble, you're never going to go backwards. So I think it's for the best that he is. He has given up the belt, um, and hopefully, as you say, Liam Smith gets that vacant world title shot. And it, like he was a big unit monger, though he might do well at middleweight, but middleweight's a fucking tough division right now. There's some serious players in there, mm. but um, you know, I think monger potentially with Billy Joe Saunders makes sense for Oof. him. Um. Now, obviously, there was a, a show at the York Hall at the weekend. I haven't seen any of the undercards, so I apologise for people watching this that maybe watched it back at home and absolutely loved it, and there's a particular fight on there that you want us to get stuck into. The only one that I have watched is Sonny Edwards. Yeah. And the man, he, I'd say something, he is slicker than a slickster, isn't he? Sure is. Fantastic performance from Sonny Edwards. Can he whack enough? That's all I'm saying. He can box the fucking iron legs off a donkey, but can he bang enough for the elite level? Do you reckon he could make it? I don't know, it's hard because, you know, what is he in now? 12, 13 fights into his career, but he's only had like two or three knockouts. Don't get me wrong, when you're, you know, you're that international class like he is now. I think that, that was that the IBF international belt. IBF, WBO, European international, Pearl, yeah, yeah. Jazabel, whatever. The yeah. thing is, the, the, the way I look at this now, and I've, everybody knows who's listened to this show for the best part of four years, knows that I used to refer to Josh Warrington as pillow fisted, right? Yeah. 
look at what he went on to achieve and look how wrong I was about whether he could mix it at the elite level. I knew he could do European. Could he do world? Well, I'll tell you what, he's done world and he's pissed it and he's yeah. absolutely smashing the world scene to pieces. Of course. So therefore, we're only going to find out once he's there. I'm never going to prejudge a fighter now that hasn't got that bang power at lower levels. Sonny Edwards can box and he can box brilliantly. Yeah, he can. And as you say, he's... He's attractive to watch as well. Oh. The two of them are so saleable. Him and Charlie are just so saleable. It's just a shame they're just so small. It's hard to get super excited about guys that small. As you say, they just haven't got the power there to uh, to do anything. But um, like I didn't watch it live. I watched the replay. But uh, even my dad was texting me because he's a massive fan of the two Edwards boys. And he was like, Sonny's absolutely brilliant. He's even better than Charlie. Mm. He's like, he's just an absolute class act. Brilliant to watch. Super entertaining. It'll be interesting to see what Frank, what they do with him now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's seen him come over here, maybe, and take on a little Mexican or whatever, take mm. him on at their own game. Wouldn't surprise me if he come over onto a potentially a Tyson undercard because the kids got it. You know, they've got that saleability, like they understand the fight game. Him and Charlie talk really well. They know they, they know it's all about brand. It's, it's all about promotion. When they get when they get in there, it's all about entertainment as well. So, exciting future for the kid. A big win for them as well. Mm. Um. Top rank, they're coming to the UK. We were told about this about two, three weeks ago. Uh, we were waiting for the official confirmation, so therefore we could get stuck into it for you. Uh, but basically, all, all those podcasts that we were doing about two, three weeks ago where we were saying, get a ticket for Lomachenko, you're never going to see him again in the UK. <laughs> basically, they pissed all over that bonfire, aren't they? He'll be back next week, it looks like. It he's looks like he's going to set up residence in London, doesn't he? He's going to be based out of the UK. Doing yeah. a UK tour of Lomachenko. I saw Ter- we saw Terence Crawford as well last night, didn't we? Yeah. And he's getting a bit giddy. He's, uh, his eyes have lit up about maybe fighting in the stadium. And for everybody that missed the Ricky Burns fight when he fought up in Glasgow, that's uh, another must-see opportunity. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking hell. The two best. You know, arguably the two, the number one and number two pound-for-pound boxers on the planet. And chances are we're going to see them in the UK. Certainly Lomachenko we're going to see in the UK. Um if not the end of this year, in 2020, but it looks like Terence Crawford as well. And the reason being, you know, I spoke to Bob Adam about it, and uh, he, he just said because of this ESPN Plus deal that they've got, that um, the ESPN Plus, the, the Saturday afternoon UK, uh, Saturday afternoon US start time for a UK late Saturday night event, um, works perfectly for American TV and he was like ESPN want content and content on a Saturday afternoon with Lomachenko did really well numbers wise and they've said right we want more of them so why not go over to the UK and start filling stadiums every other week um, whether it's I don't know whether they could do the O2 with Lomachenko every time because as you say there's an element of oh I've seen Lomachenko it was amazing and I don't know whether you get the exact same crowd turning out like you would with AJ mm. necessarily but I think Take them to Birmingham Arena or Manchester Arena or the Liverpool Echo Arena or up to <laughs> Glasgow, whatever. I think that would sell out as well. That would be exactly the same as what we got at the O2. Slightly smaller, but we exactly the same thing. Oh, fuck, the best fox box on the planet in action. I'm going to see him. I think post Ricky Burns in Scotland as well, I think on that night you, you got... You got the sense that we were in the room with something a little bit special with Terence Crawford, and I think you would get the same thing if Terence Crawford put the headline in the UK again. I think it's fucking wicked. I said to Bob as well, if you need a decent presenting team, son, I know a couple of rag asses. Um, one person that he won't be promoting in the UK is Tyson Fury. That's what Frank told us. Absolutely, Frank made it <laughs> very very clear, clear didn't he? We, listen, we've had the, we've had the best week with Frank. Obviously, everybody knows that the British media come out, they follow stuff around, and you have media days and various things like that that are all set up. But we're quite blessed in a decent position here, where 
Frank and a couple of his lads do actually listen to Fight Disciples, which I'm extremely flattered about. So, Frank, thank you very much for that, and the boys. And uh, the last one and this one, they've invited us to Frank's suite to do our interviews. Rather than get involved with everything else, we were in a lucky position to be invited to Frank's suite. And this this time was the most bizarre thing <laughs> we've ever been involved with. We get, invo- we get invited up to this suite. Now, when I say a suite, it's apartment. He's, yeah, got, yeah. he's got an apartment within a hotel. And it wasn't any hotel. It was the fucking Waldorf Astoria. Oh, it's, so. it's, 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 not messing about, Frank. Listen, you needed to get three different lifts to get to his room. That's, how, did, that's yeah. how plush this gaff yeah, was, right? It was wicked. Well, that was the place where it had the champagne vendor machine. There you go. A right, champagne that, vendor that machine. That sums up the type of gaff that Frank <laughs> Warren's nice. staying in in Las Vegas. So yeah. me and Laughing Boy turns up with our backpacks, right? <laughs> we did, yeah. Rocks up to this gaff. We're getting eyed up and down by uh, security going, who are these two Muppets? I think they're in the wrong place. <laughs> we all are recording equipment. Gets up to Frank's apartment, right? Frank opens the door. Now, bear in mind, this is about, what, 11, 12 o'clock? About half 10, 11. It was, it was, it was pre-lunch It was morning. It was, it was morning, morning, right? Yeah. So he gets up there, and Frank invites us in. All right, young man, how are you? You all right? Do you want to drink? Now, I'm thinking cup of tea, bit of water. We're in, we're in the bloody desert. I said, uh... And then he just said, beer? And I went, whoa, here we go. It's that type of interview, is it? Right, go on then, lad. Get it all cracked up. He's off then. Yeah. He's, he's got a kitchen in his room. He's off there. He goes, right, what have we got here? We've got a bit of Stella. We've got a bit of this. Class. Cracks up and the Stellas, sticks them down. He goes, right, boys, get yourself sorted there. Brilliant. What do you need now? So we're sorting out the suite. Does this interview, and that's when he obviously told us that uh, we asked him about the top rank thing. He said, listen, we've got a relationship. We're in a fantastic relationship here in America. But when it comes to the UK, Tyson Fury's my guy. End of. That's the, that's the way it is. That was just part one of our week with Frank. So obviously we've had that interview, and I'm sure if you listen to our Talksport show, you heard all that interview. Yeah, that was done. That was done. We are one or two beers inside us, right at half ten in the morning. Fast forward, twenty four hours after that, Friday night. Friday night, right? So he invites us out for dinner. Nice little gaff. Back up to Gordon Ramsay's, aren't we? That's where we are, sunshine. We get up to this restaurant. We sat with Frank. We're having a little bit of a chinwag. And it's one of them where you know he's, I know he's picking up the bill, right? I know he's paying for our tea, right? So what do you do? Do you, do you order as you normally would order or do you take the piss? <laughs> Not take the piss, but do you know what I mean? Do you go, this is a once in a lifetime. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Do I go for the big steak? That's what we do. Anyway, we're rumming an R in the pair of us, aren't we, about what should we order here? What should we go for? And Frank just looks at us. He goes, anything you want, lads. That's, in, that's, that's red rag Green to a flag. bull. That's a red rag to a bull for yeah, me. Yeah. So we orders this steak. 32-ounce steak. Tomahawk little bad boy it was, it was called. We orders this steak, and it says on the menu for two to share it, right? So, they bring, so we order it, and Frank looks at me. He goes, what are you ordering? I said, no, 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 that's a, that, that's a for two thing. And he goes, yeah, go on. And I just went, no, 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 no. So I ended up turning him down on it. But this thing came out and I'd say something. I couldn't have had it on my own. What an absolute beast that was. It's tremendous though. And some of the stories that come out will, uh, sadly we can't put them on the podcast because I don't want Frank wanna... was great, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think David Hay joined us, didn't he, for the meal as well. He came up with BJ Flores. Can I just David say? David Hay and BJ Flores listen, walking up. Listen, just people listening to this now, right? If you're listening to this for the first time, yeah, we do sound like a set of wankers name dropping yeah, like mad. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. But yeah. hopefully... Those that uh, have listened to us for a long time know that we're a couple of council state kids rocking and rolling in uh, Las Vegas, having a little bit of a chinwag. Next week, we'll be back to uh, knocking about yeah, on the mean awesome. streets of Liverpool. That's what we'll be. But yeah, it was. It was a fantastic dinner. I had a little bit of a chinwag with, uh, uh, with Frank. David Hay rocked up. Who, by the way, right, was f- he was on top form. 
He Funny class. dude, out here. I think he just won a poker tournament when he turned up. Yeah. He were off to a Bruno f- Mars concert or something. He's funny, David, as well, because obviously I've known David fucking well over 10 years, and um, every time you meet him, seems to be it's like the first time you've met him. Do you know what I mean? He's a weird kid, but sometimes he can be quite truculent. Sometimes he can be a little bit funny with the media. But like we got, we went... Well, he came to a suite here, didn't he? And we did an interview with him prior to the fight. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, a few of the UK media did. And then obviously he joined us for the dinner before he shot off to see Bruno Mars. And he was just in absolute fine form. Talking about buying a horse or something, weren't he? Yeah, yeah. He was just in a really good place in his life. And he you just think, wow, man, good on you. And obviously, we were chatting to him about the war horse himself, Mr. Derek Chisora. Yeah. Oh, the Vaseline incident. We haven't even talked about the Vaseline incident, yeah, have yeah. we? Fucking Derek's a legend. But... Uh, well, yeah, it's been a blessed few days on it and um, exciting times ahead. BJ Flores pitching himself to Frank, I reckon. Big time, wasn't he just? Wasn't he just? Yeah, I'm a fighter. Yeah, yeah. I could do bits. <laughs> if you need anybody, I can do it. Frank's like, all right, lad. I'll have, I'll have, a, little bit of a, I'll have a little bit of a think about that. Why not, eh? Um, that was the positives when it comes to eating, right? So that Tomahawk steak, th- Frank, thank you very much. Absolutely delightful. Tremendous. Wonderful company. Great night. The night previous, Nick's eating... D- dog's ass or whatever you were eating or oh, yeah. what Fucking, were you eating uh, f- lower intestines disgusting do you want to explain it because you you had the, you have an attitude when you go to a restaurant yeah. to try something that you've never had before 100%. whereas I'm safe as houses for example all this week Nick's been eating like various Mexican breakfasts and all this type Mexican of stuff Independence Day weekend nah mate I, get it, rancheros? I, I have it bloody a la carte off the menu just do me scrambled egg on toast you've had scrambled egg on toast every day every morning and English tea scrambled egg on toast bring me a brew I'll have an orange juice to push the boat <laughs> out that's how I'm rolling Whereas I'm like hot you're, sauce. You're on bloody having Tabasco for breakfast, like spraying it all over yourself. Yeah, man, of course. So we goes out on the can't even remember what night it was now, did all the blur. It was the night we went to went to Chinatown, didn't we? Yeah. Up by Mayweather's gym. Went up to Chinatown because listen, if you've been blessed enough to come to Vegas, especially more than once, you know that the strips are expensive as fuck. So if you want a night out <laughs> And when we're paying yeah, exactly. That's it When Frank's paying We'll go to the strip Absolutely. When we're paying we're not. We need to find a little Two for one so you, get, you jump in a cab For 15 minutes And you fuck off to Chinatown Where it's $3 a beer And you've got to eat Dog's ass <laughs> So um, It was recommended We go to Triple Eight Korean barbecue Yeah it? yeah yeah So we go to this Barbecue place Now there's probably Nothing like this In the UK uh, But if you go If you've ever been To Sapporo the Japanese place. Yes. Which is all like over the Like a tapanyaki, they cut. Yeah, they do you it in sit around the table, they have a hot plate, don't they? And the, the fella comes out and he's like, oh, chop, 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 chopping it around, throwing eggs Fucking around. Thank God of it. What are you want? They throw <laughs> eggs around, don't they? And flick the rice right, at you yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to catch the egg in a glass and all that caper. So it wasn't, it was like that, but it wasn't like that. Basically, imagine that the hot plate's in the middle of the table, you're all sitting around it, but then they just bring a big tray of uncooked meat and you have to basically you cook, cook it yourself. yourself yeah. I was sorted that night because I got to the far end of the table. So I was too far away from the hot plate. So you were just fucking cooking my meat for me all night. It was perfect. Perfect night out. But obviously, I'm looking down the menu. It's like, what meat do you want? And everyone's choosing bits and bobs. We're with the crew from BT Sport and whoever else. And there's a gang of us there. And uh, I looked down the menu and thought, wow. Lower intestine or upper intestine. Brilliant. Never had you, that before. Why would you want to eat that? Why not? Could it, be the amber nectar. Could be the greatest piece of meat you've ever eaten in your Mate, life. It digests food and turns it into shit. That's what it does in the system. Yeah. But imagine the nutrients it must absorb. What? Eating shit? Well, Why would you want to eat it's shit? It's only shit when it comes out the end. Yeah, but When it shit. goes into the intestine, it's getting absorbed. It's taking all the bits yeah, out. Yeah, but shit has been in that intestine. Yeah, but it wasn't. it's not full of shit. It's clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like a, a 
Fuck that. It's not like we're in the jungle and we're intestine. eating hairy bum hole. It is what it is. It's intestine. Mate, I was like, absolutely, I'm in. I'm well, in like Flint. Well, what did it I taste it was, like? Because I, I didn't have any. I think it was upper intestine because I'd made that decision, kind of like you, when it goes in, it's food. By the time it gets to the bottom of the lower intestine, now you're eating shit. <laughs> so I thought, the upper intestine's been play safe. Okay. So that's why we had upper intestine. Was it a large intestine it was? Go large on. intestine. Go on. Um, What's it taste like? Because I didn't have any. It was nice. It was kind of like, imagine... I know what you're going to say. Because everything that is new tastes like chicken. Well, it was chicken. It was <laughs> it was basically calamari. The same texture as calamari, quite rubbery. That's disgusting. Why do but you But it tastes like that? chicken rather than fish. Right. Because I've had it now. So I was texting my father, well, I texted my wife and was like, well, I'll tell your dad I'm munching into a bit of uh, intestine. And she was like, oh, he's so jealous. Yeah, what? Of course. Of course he's jealous. Why is he jealous of that? Because I've eaten intestine yeah, now. But you've been sat on the bog for two days, but he's shitting <laughs> it all out. That's what you've been doing, lad. Passing bum hole <laughs> through me, me bum hole. Ugh, absolutely. Listen, I apologise if you're eating your dinner whilst you're listening to this podcast. Work for me. I stuck to steak. <laughs> Just yeah. put me some steak on I'm that. Sure, I'm sure you've had steak every day. You've turned into fucking John Wayne on this trip. This is it. You've literally your colon is going to be well, backed up terribly. Listen, I'm regular. You're me, probably so carrying about three pounds of un, of undigested steak. In Don't your you ass. worry. When I get home, the weight cut's going to be real. <laughs> I'll, I'll be on. I'll be. I'll, I'll let the scales. No, listen. When I'm abroad. Uh, you've got to be safe, haven't you? You know what I mean? Because the trial... I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said when I'm, when I'm abroad and no. When I'm on my holidays. No, when, when I'm abroad, <laughs> you've got to be safe. You've got to, you know. I know there's loads of people out there shaking their head, but I just like what I like. I don't I don't want to be getting involved eating bum all. I don't want to be doing that, do yeah, I? but you could... Imagine if I'd have gone, that's the best piece of meat I've ever eaten in I my life. I wouldn't have done it. You wouldn't have even tried it then? No. Because I know You're that weird. You, no, because I know that you would lie to me just to get me to eat bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, we had this conversation the other night after a few post long day we've been working all day, let's reward ourselves with a beer. Um we had the conversation about going into which if you were if you were a celebrity, which are the yeah. T V shows you would go into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you went yeah. the fucking jungle yeah, for yeah. me. I'd do the jungle, I'd smash you. Yeah. And you won't even eat clean bum hole at a Korean restaurant. How would you survive in the jungle? Day one, catarrhal, kangaroo scrotum. Yeah. Get that in yet, complete with pubic hair. You'd yeah, be a fucking no, no, no. mess. That's not a meal, is it? That's a challenge. That's not a meal. You're not like, it's not like to get to the end of something and to win, win a meal. That's why they're doing it in the jungle, aren't they? They're eating bollocks to actually eat some, something half decent. That's what they're doing it for. Yeah. You just want to chow down on bum hole. That's what you want to do. Have a full meal with it. No, mate. What's the difference? One bum, one bum hole for a chicken curry, I'm, I'm in, right? But a lot of bum hole for no chicken curry. What's that all about? You fucking weirdo. Put it again. It was intestine. I never ordered a plate of bum holes. It was it lower intestine Man. or upper intestine, whatever it was. It, it was nice. I wouldn't order it again, but it's fine. I've done it. I've ticked the box now. This is what being a culture vulture is all about. Yeah. This is why when we went to mosque in Abu Dhabi, I wore the full robes, yeah. everything else. And you I'm were wearing like, a tracky. Oh, I'll put trackies on, thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like break out of your little black bane ways. Experience the world, man. Eat bum hole. I don't want to eat bum hole. <laughs> I'll tell you what, here's, here's another one as well, right? If, I don't know if it's still up by the time you listen to this. Just quickly have a little bit of a flip onto my uh, uh, Instagram story. Because as well as eating bum hole and having a few well-earned drinks after, uh, yeah, after a, a full day's work, it seems to now always resort into me and you having a sing-off. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a new two, thing for us. Two different nights. Three. Um, because we did the one in the lift, we went to karaoke, and whilst we were at the fight, we were giving it a bit of Sweet Caroline as well. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. 
Bloody hell. There you go. So we've only we're been like, here four nights. We're, three like Robson, of them. we're like Robson and Jerome. We're the new Robson and Jerome, ladies and Maybe gentlemen. Maybe that's the future. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe yeah. we should bring a song out. Maybe me and you should record a song. Do you reckon? Sell it on fightdisciplestore.com. Like, uh, what were them? Who Fight did Disciples. Hod- hoddle, the single. Hoddle and Waddle. Bit of Diamond Lights. Maybe we could do like an Anfield rap type thing. It'd be fucking amazing. Do you reckon we should release a Christmas tune? Um, that's what I'm going to do on the flight on the way home. You have your shots and go to sleep. I'm going to write as a, a track. I'm going to write as a hit record. I'm going to write as a hit record. Mm. Um, yeah, we went to karaoke. That was a bit weird, actually, that, weren't it? It was next door to the bum old place. Yeah. And then we went in there. J Karaoke, Chinatown. Yeah, we went in. We, uh, there was a, it was a bit of a shy start, let's be honest, because nobody wanted to take control of the situation. Well, it was weird because it, it was the crew, the young Group of young lads. They who were us on to the go. Yeah. They were like, because oh, we were like, well, let's go here to this club. Let's. Go. And they were like, no, 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 we're going karaoke. And we were like, oh, man, well, that's awesome. Then. Let's go. And we piled in there, and everyone was talking the Billy Big Talk on in the in the limo on the way there. Which and that was true. We actually fucking got a limo. Yeah, bizarrely. yeah. Um, and then when it come on, everyone was like pushing the mic around the table. I was like, come on, someone kick us off here. Don't you worry. Who kicked us off? I got on the old thing. That's it. Bit of sweet Caroline. Put Neil Diamond on. That'll get everybody in the you mood You did, for actually, it. to be fair. You did. And then away we went, didn't we? That was it. Party oh. were on then. They were all wanting a piece of the pie. They all wanted to upstage. Yeah. And obviously, we did that on the uh, on the night at the T-Mobile Arena. But the best one. No Rick, qu- a- oh, Rick Astley. The impromptu Rick Astley in the lift on our way up to the... That yeah. was at Frank's Hotel. That yeah, was it was. The Waldorf. Because we went back to Frank's Hotel for a bevy, didn't we? Because we, we liked t- the look of the bar. Yeah, because it, we did. <laughs> this is it. We hijacked it. Uh, can, I let, can, I, can I help you guys is it to this beautiful sky bar? Yeah, we're with Mr. Warren. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> give, give him his room number. Next thing you know, you're in this plush gaff. Frank's not even there. Frank were in bed. in bed. <laughs> Frank were in bed. And we walked into his hotel and gone, yep, we're in sweet bloody bloody blah. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Warren, welcome back. <laughs> Straight yep. up to the Sky Bar. Whatever. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. But in the meantime, as we're going up to the Sky Bar, they play music in the lift. Now, was that what it was? I thought it was in the taxi. Okay. Oh, yeah, it yeah. might have been. I thought it was in the taxi. Well, the Stuck tune was in us. all of our heads. Yeah, yeah. So there were me, you, and Jazz, who's been looking after us yeah. throughout the whole course of this trip. Jazz, superb as She's ever. Been amazing, yeah. So we're all just sat in this lift. You, you then just start going just under your breath and then next thing you know an impromptu sing-along just kicks in full Rick Astley in the middle of Las Vegas <laughs> turn around and desert you Who <laughs> comes out this lift honestly the bar is full of proper people people, like, in, people in suits people, like proper yeah, push. people who've got a few quid we rock up in a pair of trainers and shorts singing fucking Rick Astley here they are the lads are here oh, now dear Never gonna Jesus. turn around and desert you. That was yet another bar that bizarrely shut and kicked us out. Yeah, they did. Okay, now. Not booted out. Anyway, for anybody listening to this, yeah, we've had a good time, but hopefully uh, we've provided some half decent content for you to get stuck into. It's going to be quite refreshing, actually, to get up and do a program from our own studio in England. Yeah, no, exactly. Looking forward to it. Me too. That's where we, we'll, we'll bring you the uh, UFC show from there because, sadly for us, with the time difference that uh, we were on this weekend, we haven't managed to catch. I've seen the Gaethje Cerrone oh, fight, yeah. but I want to go and watch Michelle Pereira's fight because oh, yeah. that looked mad as a box it's of frogs. Insane. So I'm going to go home, watch that, and then we'll come back and give you... Uh, we'll give that on Tuesday, probably we'll, Tuesday lunchtime. Yeah, just let me get all this jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we'll give, you the full, uh, we'll give you the full hit there. Just a couple of other little notes. I saw that Floyd Mayweather's been on social media saying that he's going to fight Manny in an exhibition in Tokyo. Floyd, let it fuck go. Fuck off. Just, <laughs> just fuck off. I was being polite. You, Fuck it, off. <laughs> That's it. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. I'm not being polite. Floyd, do one. Manny, 
do one. Not interested. Um, and Dave Allen, I know that you listen to this show as well, mate. Listen, I saw your tweet this week or your Instagram post. What I can't remember what social media site it was on. And obviously you saying that you're not going to be fighting in October in Newcastle uh, and stating that you're not in the right frame of mind. Listen, man, we're thinking about you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Big glad time. that you've made that decision. There's nothing worse than just powering through because of what other people think. You've made the right decision, pal. If your head's not in, in the right space uh, to walk through the ropes one more time, then you've made the right decision. Go get yourself sorted, sunshine. Yeah, I think Dave Allen, especially the white rhino, man, he's, he's this generation's type of fighter. He's he's took the opportunity he's got and he's run with it and he's made so many fans happy. He's got such a loyal fan base because he's just such a genuine guy. And to read that was a little bit heartbreaking. I'm saying, you know, I just want to go away and be Dave for a bit. I don't want to be the white rhino. I want to switch that off. Brilliant. I hope he's got people around him who can put their arm around him. Go on holiday. Go somewhere and forget about boxing because, listen, he's a star, man. And boxing will be ready for him when he wants to come back. If he wants to come back, he's got nothing to prove left in this game. He's headlined at the fucking O2, for yeah. Christ's sake. Amazing. Nothing but love and support for Dave Allen. Big time. Um, in fact, I'll tell you what we've not talked about. Your old KSI and Logan Paul. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, man. Press conference. Yep. It, we, we talked about it last week, and I think we've given you our opinion on it. Yeah. We've told you, listen, more the merrier. Leave them to it. They're making a few quid. They switched on kids. Blah, 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 blah. Stop being a dinosaur is yep. basically where we were at. Don't be jealous. The one thing I wanted to bring up about uh, the press conference was Logan Paul's mum getting involved. I've never seen that before. I've never seen a mum get involved and start giving shit to the other fighter. You've Ca- got no dick. <laughs> Did his mum actually? Uh, mum, hasn't he got no dick? Yeah, he's got no dick. What? Very weird. Mm. Very John Terry-esque. What do you mean John Terry-esque? Because, you know. John Terry's mum, she's been through half the Premiership, hasn't she? Has she? Yeah. One of Carragher's mates went right through her. Is that is that fact? That's a fact. There's a song about it on the cup. I'd like to distance myself from these comments because <laughs> I know fuck all about it. <laughs> but again, you don't get your mum involved, John, you know what I mean? How, how has John Terry's mum ended up on this show? <laughs> she's been everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Dear. You set them up, pal. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're out. We're going to leave it oh, before funny. we get a lawyer's letter. Gonna, we've got basically on the way home as well. There's a sleep shot. We've been talking about this for days. Yeah. I'm going to get you a sleep shot. I'm quite excited about it. But I've warned you, haven't I? Yeah. Have a wee before you put your head on your pillow because you could piss yourself on the flight on the way home. I struggle to, to sleep on planes. I can sleep, sleep on a washing line. No right. Problem. So Nick's basically turning me into uh, Mr. T. B.A. Barakas from the A team. He's going to put a little portion of me milk. And I'll be out cold by the time we take off. Yes. The only thing is, with the amount of steak I've eaten this holiday, I could shit myself <laughs> on the fucking flight. <laughs> it's only funny because it's true. <laughs> Sat there, getting off the plane, waiting oh, for my suitcase, man. full of piss and me own shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he will film it, so keep an eye on your social media. Yeah. Right, anyway, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. We are going to be back in England for a bit, which is refreshing, so we can get back into our studio and use all our whizzes and bangs and put some music into some of these shows as well and have a bit of a crack. Preserve our managers too. Uh, Absolutely, you know what I mean? Somebody's got to do the school run next week. Um, If you've only just come across and you think, these two sound all right, this is a bit of me, get yourself involved. Fight Disciples on iTunes. Fightdisciples.com is our website if you need an Android feed, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Uh, and we're all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, and it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. It's been a pleasure. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.